This Thursday, January, this Thursday, February 1st, 2024, NBA Betting Picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the SGP Patreon. The guys just dropped their bonus behind-the-scenes episode of Sean winning $200,000. Plus, this week's Pick'em Prize is a free $250 Super Bowl Square Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon to join today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, February the 1st, currently 11.06 on the East Coast. Here to get into our NBA betting picks for the short schedule here on Thursday night. And we'll recap what we saw in the association on Wednesday night. But join me here on these Thursday episodes. As usual, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott Studio, Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing well. Uh, had a pretty decent episode yesterday. Unfortunately, Simons had 22 points entering the fourth quarter, did nothing, and then hit the game-winning layup. So for about 11 <laughs> minutes, he just didn't score. Uh, but I needed 30 for plus 280. He didn't get there. Did win the uh, lock, though. Had the Magic minus 5.5. Got dicey for some reason. They were up 22 in the third quarter. Then I think the Spurs cut it to 3. And then yeah. Orlando went on a big run at the end, and they won by about 10. So... Can't complain too much. The Bulls got there as well. Uh, Durant came back and he dropped 30 plus points, but the Nets aren't very good anyway. Didn't really have any shocking takeaways. I feel like just looking at the actual card once again, did anything really surprise you? Because I feel like a lot of it was pretty straightforward. Milwaukee losing was funny. So Mm -hmm. there was that outcome. And OKC struggled against Denver. Jokic didn't play, though. Uh, But OKC eventually got the job done as they won. But looking down the line, I really didn't see much. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was terrible last night. The, my, uh, the Heat finally got a win. If I knew that Detroit was not going to be using Killian Hayes by choice, then I probably would have picked them to cover. I didn't know that Killian Hayes was getting DMPs now, so keep an eye out for uh, potentially the Pistons to cover some spreads. But I really yeah. didn't see much. Uh, the Pelicans look good without Zion. They beat Houston. Dallas benched the entire team. They got killed yeah, nothing really stood out to me. Anything stand out to you? No, nah, it was a pretty dry night, I guess we can say, for lack of better words. Um, I really didn't like much on the card last night either. Um, but you mentioned nothing was too surprising. Um, I guess Nikola Jokic maybe getting scratched in a game, in a division game that the Thunder had already won the previous two games. But depending on the number that you did get on that Thunder you were either on the winning side or possibly the losing side uh, of that because that number was around, what, minus one, minus two before the Jokic news and that thing moved all the way to minus five. Um, minus five and a half, I believe, minus six even. Um, and then Thunder, well, if you went on the Denver Nuggets at that late number, you want to probably put Reggie Jackson on your Christmas card for next year because um, he did get the uh, useless shot at the end. 
maybe not useless for some, at least covering the spread for the Denver Nuggets on the closing number. Um, I don't think I was too shocked of the Blazers winning the game last night. I know they were what, like a 10 and a half point underdog in that game. If we were game. picking one shocking yeah, 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 outcome, 100%. that would be it. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I'll, let you, I'll let you continue. No, no, I was just going to mention, I, I don't think I was maybe too shocked that just because of the narrative going in with Lillard back in Portland and, you know, it's, I think there's something me and Chris talked about on the propcast yesterday that I don't think there was any added pressure for Dave Miller to go out and perform because it was the, the breakup was kind of mutual between the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. But yeah, I think that you're right. That was probably the shock of the night. And Kevin Durant going back to Brooklyn, uh, dropping a 33 piece as they won that game by 16 points. But other than that, yeah, pretty uneventful night. Clippers, um, even without Paul George, him and uh, or say Kawhi Leonard and uh, James Harden went into Washington and took care of business 125-109. Um, I mentioned I had locked up the Bulls team total over on the Tuesday show. Did no. you say they were going to score exactly like 117? And so I had locked up. What's today? Thursday. I was on the yeah. Wednesday show or the Tuesday show, Tuesday show. And I said, uh, I wanted the Bulls team total over 116 and a half against the, uh, God, who do they play at home? Uh, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't score a basket for the final seven minutes and 11 seconds uh, in that game. And then I tweeted out, I said, I said, like I said, I didn't like much on the card for Wednesday. And I said, don't be surprised the Bulls go out and score 117 points. And lo and behold, they go out and score 117 points. That team total, I think for them, was at 110 and a half of the game against the Hornets. And it was 116 and a half against the Raptors. But that, and then that's kind of how it goes sometimes. But anything else? I'm trying to think if there is anything else. Uh, you can talk about the final sequence there with Milwaukee. Uh, Lillard yeah. did come back to Portland, and he was not very good. Went 3 yeah. of 13 from 3. Uh, you had them inbounding the ball to Giannis when mm-hmm. you knew that Portland was going to foul up 3 with 3 seconds to go. And, yeah. of course, Giannis misses the first free throw, and then he bricks the second one intentionally. I didn't get that either. Truth is, when you have no timeouts and you're under your own basket, you're probably going to lose anyway. Yeah. But you can argue Giannis shouldn't have been on the floor because he can't really shoot. So I don't know what the point was, but either way, I'm not going to fully criticize doc there anyway, because they were screwed probably no matter what, mm-hmm. but yeah, them losing to Portland wasn't the biggest shock in the world. I took Portland yeah. plus the points because I figured it would take some time to actually get some chemistry with doc and the roster and the fact that Milwaukee still can't guard anybody. And that's been an issue all season long. So yeah, not really much else to talk about. I don't, have anything else to really say? Do you? No, I think that, yeah, like I mentioned, it was probably an uneventful night last night in the association, which when then we can just flip the page and move on to the um, Thursday night card here, Scott. I know there's only, what, four games on the schedule here for tonight yep. in the association. So uh, let's just dive right into it, man. Let's get into the first game here for tonight. The game of the night, the L.A. Lakers, they are in Boston to take on the Celtics. Currently, as it stands, the Celtics are a 11-point home favorite with a total of 240.5 to 241 right now. Currently, 241 on DraftKings. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, both LeBron and AD are questionable, as they usually always are on the injury report. Cam Reddish is out with a right ankle sprain, and Gabe Vincent continues to be out as he recovers from left knee uh, surgery. 
For the Boston Celtics, pretty clean injury report as well. Everybody is a go in this game. Luke Cornett is the only one that is questionable with a left hamstring strain. Uh, Lakers, in the midst of their uh, road trip here, uh, they are now going to Boston, like I mentioned. And then they will be, I believe it's tomorrow night or Saturday night, they will be in Madison Square Garden take on the Knicks. Uh, That'll be Saturday night. But um, they've lost... Let's see here. One, two, three, four, six out of their last seven road games here. The only win did was a dead. They did win was against the Golden State Warriors in that double overtime game on Saturday night. But since then, went to Houston, lost by 16 points, gave up 135 points in that game, uh, went into the game against the Atlanta Hawks, lost that game by 16. I know it was without Anthony Davis and gave up 138 points in that game. But now they go to a Boston Celtics team that, has starting to struggle a little bit here at home here, Scott, but what are you thinking about the side here? I think even though it's a big spread and these games tend to come down to the wire between these teams, I don't know who's playing for LA because Anthony Davis is questionable. We saw he missed the last game against Atlanta and LeBron's questionable too, but he always is. So that doesn't really mean anything. I think I'm going to lean to Boston. Maybe it's just based on what's going on behind the closed doors with the Lakers. And now it seems like everybody's kind of tuned out Darvin Ham. You could argue that they've tuned him out for months, but you have Christian Wood complaining about playing time, even though half of us probably forgot he was still on the roster. You have LeBron sending out uh, like hourglass emojis on Twitter to symbolize like your time's running out. I can't imagine one of, like a worse player to play with when things are going bad than LeBron. Yeah. Like I'm not, I know that I'm not, I'm not going to try to sound like a full LeBron hater, but you're always on edge because you think that somebody's going to try to get you traded every single time. When the team sucks, it's never LeBron's fault. It's always your fault because that's just how it goes. And LeBron's going up. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this. It's like, all right, like, can we play some basketball? Like, I don't know what you want them to do about it. So it seems like the Lakers' entire infrastructure is about to unravel. And I don't think I'm overreacting. It seems like by the trade deadline, things are going to get ugly a lot mm-hmm. sooner than they're going to get pretty. So yeah. I think the Lakers might be, I don't want to say an auto fade. But I'm going to lead to Boston here. Like, I don't I don't know how if you're a member of the Lakers, you're supposed to feel good about how the season's going. And yeah. it's kind of, a, I don't know, like a Thanos meme. It's like I won the double overtime game, but at what cost? Because now AD's injured. You've lost a couple games in a row. You're probably going to lose this game too. So you're trading off one double overtime win against the Warriors for three consecutive losses and potentially more than that and maybe firing your coach. Like, I don't. I don't know. It just feels like it's a really bad spot right now for the Lakers fandom and for the Lakers team. They're probably going to trade some guys. I don't know what they're going to do. There's rumors LeBron might walk during the offseason, so I really don't know what the Lakers are going to do. But I don't want to be a part of it, so I'll lean to the Celtics because at least I know that this team chemistry-wise is clicking. Yes, they're bad late in games. I'm aware of that. That's a problem. But if I don't know who's going to play between LeBron and AD and I don't know who's going to get traded or not, there's a lot of off-the-court distractions, and that's usually not a good sign. I'm going to lead to Boston at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree with everything that you said about the Lakers side here, but I don't think I can bring myself to lay double digits with Boston. But it also the caveat, like you mentioned. like So I'll say this, that if Anthony Davis and LeBron both end up playing in this game, all this number will obviously come down, probably less than double digits. Um, I think AD's going to play. I think that if LeBron does end up playing – on national TV here tonight in Boston. Like this is like the ultimate get up spot of get up spots for the Lakers. Like after this, if they 
I think you muted yourself accidentally when you, I think. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, I think that, like uh, I was saying that, I think that it, this is like the ultimate get-up spot for the Lakers, right? I think LeBron does play tonight. Um, I think AD said that he was doing some type of groin injury after that game against the Rockets. Um, which I kind of felt that he was going to sit in that game against the Atlanta Hawks, but I, 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 I don't, I can't bring myself to laying close to double digits or it is double digits right now with the Boston Celtics. They have lost four straight covers or haven't covered four straight games at home. And they struggled against uh, Western Conference opponents because you take a look at their first two losses that they took against the Denver Nuggets. They were a seven-point favorite in that game. They only won that game by two points. Lost that game. Oh, sorry, they lost that game outright. Um, and then the Clippers came to town as well. And I know both those rosters are significantly better than the LA Lakers. But I think that if both LeBron and AD do play in this game, I'll be on the Lakers taking the plus 11 because like, if there's an ultimate get-up spot on national TV against Boston, I think this is the spot here. If, if they don't cover here, then I'm going to be uh, – the the Lakers are going to be put on the hell no list for me. So uh, I'll, I'll uh, go with the Lakers here plus the 11. Uh, total sitting at 241 here, Scott. What are your thoughts on that? It's, once again, tricky because I don't know who's going to play for the Lakers. So yeah. Atlanta's game was very high scoring, but that's how every Atlanta game is. So that's not exactly mm-hmm. a shock, but – I think I'm going to lean under because I'm not sure if the Lakers are going to score in this game. Uh, The Lakers had a great offensive showing against the Warriors, went to double overtime to help pad their overall numbers. But uh, they're looking at the Hawks offensively. They really weren't that great. The Houston game got more respectable on the scoreline at the end. They were down by about 30, so they really weren't doing much in that game either. I'm sure you watched that game as a fan. It wasn't exactly a good look for the Lakers, but – I'm going to lean under. I, I don't think the Lakers are going to score enough against this defense. And I do think that the Lakers, even though defensively, they can leave a lot to be desired. I think that the Celtics won't score enough to send this game over. Do I think that the Lakers are going to score more than 110 points? There's no guarantee about that. Like, I think the Celtics defense at home against a compromised Lakers team, assuming AD doesn't play, can definitely hold them in check to some degree. So I'm going to lean under in this game. 241 does feel a bit high to me. But I think the Celtics win this around like 125, 110, give or take. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But I'm going to lean under. This line just feels a bit high. And I'm assuming if you're picking the Lakers, you might actually agree with me because I don't think you're picking the Lakers to score 120 points on the road against the Celtics. Yeah, I think the only thing that makes me nervous is that the 17 of the last 19 road games for the Lakers have gone over the total. On on the season, they're 18 and 6 towards the over. Uh, covering at 75% uh, towards the over here. So, um, yeah, I think that the Lakers do cover this number. It's going to have to be on the defensive side for them uh, to really limit the offense of the Boston Celtics. So I'll lean towards the under here as well. It just makes me nervous that all these um, overs for the Lakers um, on the, in their road games especially is what kind of makes me nervous. And I don't know. I wish there was a, a way I can fight because it feels like these TNT games on Thursday typically trend towards the under uh, during the regular season. Um, and I'm not saying because it is on TNT, it's going to end up going under because that, I mean, that's, that's just preposterous, but um, I think that the Lakers do cover. It's going to have to start on the defensive side for them. Um, and we've seen Boston offense kind of stagnate in this third quarter, especially if you look at their numbers season long, like they're not a very good third quarter team. So I think you also maybe want to look at a, a 
third quarter Lakers uh, cover in this game if they are trailing at the half because Boston has been really good in the first quarter. They've been really good in the first half as well. I think that third quarter is where they really do get into trouble uh, for this Boston Celtics team. But yeah, full game, I will lean towards the under uh, here as well. Scott, player props in this game? Anything you're looking at? Well, at once Boston again, yeah, I was going to say with the Lakers, it's a bit tricky. I keep going back to Derek White. It keeps working out. Give me the threes on Derek White. I think he's in line for a good game. Usually Tatum shows up for these matches against LeBron. So I think that Tatum might be in line to at least shoot the ball a bunch in this game. So I am kind of tempted by uh, Tatum to go over his point total here. Let me just quickly see what it is. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere. It's what? 27 and a half. Okay. So I'll lean to the over there. Not really a strong opinion, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. Uh, It's mostly going to be Derek White for me. His numbers are underpriced every single time he plays because of the hierarchy. He's like the fourth option offensively but he's just really, really good. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep taking his overs. Jalen Brown's at 23 and a half, and that number might feel a bit right in this spot, so I'm not going to take it. But I don't really have much. Uh, once again, it's kind of tricky not knowing who's going to be there for the Lakers. If you want to make a case for maybe LeBron rebounds, if you think that AD's not going to play, I don't mind D'Lo if you want to go for threes or if you want to go for points because he – He's one of the only players to ever play himself off the trade deadline with LeBron. Uh, so he's apparently safe now, and he's not mm-hmm. really linked to any DeJounte trades. So, yeah, maybe Russell plays loose because he's off the trade block for now. So I would consider D'Lo over because he's been taking a bunch of shots. Yeah. I don't really have anybody else. I know Reeves was good last game if you want to be tempted to take Reeves to go over, but not really much, no. I got to wait to see how these rosters play themselves out for game time. Yeah, I should have mentioned that these two teams did match up on Christmas Day in L.A. Uh, Boston got that victory, 126-115. Tatum, that game, had 25 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Porzingis, uh, 28 points, 11 rebounds in that game. Derek White had a double-double as well, 18-11. and And for the Lakers side, uh, Anthony Davis had a 40-point game uh, along with 13 rebounds. LeBron had a near triple-double, 16 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. Um uh, Porzingis has been actually pretty good against the Lakers over the past uh, several games in his career. Um, I just had it in front of me. So it makes sense because AD is tr- constantly trying to go for blocks in the paint. Yeah, and Porzingis is going to stretch him out like by standing yeah. by the three point line. So that makes sense. So twenty seven, maybe. Yeah, 20, 27, 27, 21, and twenty eight last four games. Um, and he's had a double double in the last two games as well against the Lakers. Had to had eleven rebounds. Uh, you saying about his blocks? I I was thinking about threes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. And maybe he wouldn't even mind eighty under for blocks. One because he's injured with a groin issue that might affect mm-hmm. his lift, and B the Celtics, I believe, are allowing the fewest blocks per game because they attempt a lot of threes. So for better or worse, by design, they attempt a bunch of jump shots, which is probably going to neutralize AD's blocks to some degree. So maybe eighty under for blocks. Maybe he's on a minute restriction. We'll see what happens. Maybe he gets injured again. National yeah. TV, AD goes to the locker room for the 50th time. Who knows? I don't mind AD under for blocks. Uh, 80s under blocks right now is at one and a half minus 125. And then uh, Tinkus Pinkus threes are two and a half over is plus 145. Tinkus Pinkus, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. See, this is why I let you say it. Um, yeah, it's all good. Pingus Pingus. I was going to say something else. I just completely went. Uh, I was going to ask you, who do you think has gone to the locker room more times in their career, Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid? Uh, Anthony Davis. He came okay. into the league first, so he's got a head start. Nah, that's true. Yeah. But 
Well, Embiid's a bit tricky because he missed his first basically two years of his career. Yeah. So he wasn't going to the locker room. He was just sitting courtside. So I'm going to go with AD on this one. AD's actually played a lot of games recently. Mm-hmm. He just leaves in the middle of games all the time, which is why that you think he's always injured. But he usually finds a way to return. So I'm going to I'll lean AD in that category. I wonder how many of those are like bathroom breaks that they're just I don't know. They go to the uh, the locker room for. All right. Anything else for this game? No, I think we kind of covered it. All right. Uh, before we get over to the next game on the Thursday night schedule here, uh, let me tell everyone about the SGP Patreon. Um, look, the SGP Patreon here is is they just dropped their monthly uh, bonus episode. I should say to start with that. Uh, they give you the behind the scenes breakdown of Sean stacking the money green winning $200,000 from his DFS lineup. I believe this was NFL week one. Um, but I think, what, four or five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Go out and listen to that story. It's pretty incredible. Um, and But it's only exclusive for uh, Patreon members. And this week's Patreon pick em prize is a free $250 Super Bowl square. I did get into this uh, Kramer's big boy um, Super Bowl square. They needed one player last year to enter this and he reached out to me and I got in and I don't even remember what the square I had was, but he messages me after the game and said, I won the final score square. So it was, I think a payout of, I want to say like seven or $8,000. So, uh, and this one is free for you to get into. If you become a Patreon member, plus you get access to all the pick sheets, exclusive uh, channel on the discord as well. Head over to uh sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. And we're also brought to you by our good friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy gives you the opportunity to play alongside your favorite uh, fantasy players all season long, whether it's the NFL, whether it is the uh, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in, and you can win 100x with some spicy play. Stay tuned to the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our Underdog Fantasy entry here for tonight so you can watch along, make your own picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, UnderdogFantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code NBASGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. But again, that's only if you use promo code NBASGPN, first deposit bonus of up to $100 over on Underdog Fantasy using promo code NBASGPN. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Next game on the schedule, we go over to kind of close to you, maybe. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, they are headed to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. Knicks are currently a three-point favorite in this game with a total of 236. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, let's start with the road team here, the Indiana Pacers. We did see the return of Tyrese Halliburton. He is going to continue playing. Uh, on a minutes restriction uh, for the Indiana Pacers, maybe around something like 25 to 27 games. Uh, but officially right now, he is questionable on the injury report. Um, a lot of guys here injury uh, are questionable. So I'll just read these names off quickly. Questionable tags for Benedict Matherin, TJ McConnell, uh, Jalen Smith. And those are your pretty much your uh, key players for the Pacers. For the New York Knicks, OG Ananobi is questionable with right elbow inflammation. 
Quentin Grimes is also questionable. He is sitting with a sprained right knee. And we know about Julius Randle, who will be missing some time with a right shoulder dislocation. Um, so, Scott, let's start with the side here. Um, some significant injuries, I guess we can say, for both teams. But Hallie should be playing in this game on a minutes restriction. Knicks, right now, laying minus three, uh, hosting the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, uh, bing bong. You want to go? I mean... Can I make a case for Indiana? I, I mean, I get the argument that Halliburton might play a few more minutes. Still not going to play the full workload. He's only yeah. played one game in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. We've barely seen him and Siakam on the court together at this point. Yeah. So you can argue that chemistry is still an issue. This team defensively has been better than the start of the season, but still not a great unit by any means. And the Knicks have been a freight train. They've won eight straight. They've won four straight games by 15-plus points. They're great at home. I believe they're 17-5 and five straight up at home. Pacers have lost five of their last six road games. But last 10 games, the Knicks are top 10 in offense, number one or two on defense, and number one in rebounding rate, I think. So they're just a dominant team, with or without Randall. They got Hardenstein back, who's been really good. Even mm-hmm. Achua's given them good minutes. Uh, Josh Harden a triple-double last game. DiVincenzo was really good against the Jazz last game. Brunson's been very good. OG, do we know if he's he's questionable for this game, I think? Yeah, he's officially questionable with that right elbow inflammation. I think he might actually play in this game. Uh, He missed the last couple, so we'll see what happens. But the point is, I just trust trust the Knicks more. I think that looking at the spot, Indiana's just a team that I think is entertaining, but I still don't trust them defensively. They're going to get killed on the boards in this game. At least they should, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they've been better recently, mostly because of that one Phoenix game where they had like 20 plus offensive rebounds. But the Knicks are a good rebounding team, and Brunson is the best scorer on the court by a wide margin. But the Knicks, un- until they don't cover and until they actually snap this winning streak, I'm going to keep backing them because they've made me a lot of money over the last week and a half. So I'm going to keep going with the Knicks. Yeah, I think that this line is starting to get disrespectful to the Knicks just because I understand it, right? That they are dealing with the injuries like we just talked about. But it's every game, they were laying two and a half against Utah. Yeah. Um, and they got another spread here of minus three. So they were what two and they were three, two and a half, three against the Jazz. They were four and a half against the Miami Heat. Um, they were two and a half point underdog against the Denver Nuggets. They beat them by 38 points. They won all those games by 15 plus points. The fact that yeah. Utah was getting two and a half, or sorry, you, yeah, Utah was getting two and a half, and the Pacers are getting three. Yeah, it just feels off because the Knicks are covering these numbers by double digit points. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not getting in front of the train here either, as well. So give me the Knicks minus the three here. You mentioned right, Isaiah Hardenstein is back. Uh, even if OG doesn't play in this game, Josh Hart is. I mean, I know you've mentioned that he's one of your favorite role players as well. I mean, for him to go out and uh, get a triple-double um, in this last game, where he was close in the previous game, um, getting that triple-double, but he did get it in the uh, game, in the last game, I should say, uh, against uh, it was the Jazz. And Halley only played in 22 minutes, and there was already a note that came out uh, in that game against Boston and said that he met his minutes restriction or his minutes cap and that he wouldn't be returning in that game. Um, and he's also struggling, right? Obviously, when you're missing, you know, you're playing games, you're not playing games, you're having minutes restriction, it, it, it messes with your your rhythm. It messes with, you know, getting that rust off and, and trying to play basketball because the last two games, 
6 of 14 from the floor. He did have 17 assists in that game against Portland. We know he's going to get the assist. Same thing against Boston, 5 of 16 from the floor. Played 22 minutes, did have 10 dimes in that game, finished the game with 13 uh, points as well. But, I mean, we know it. As basketball fans, this offense looks completely different when Tyrese Halliburton's not on the floor. And I say this every time we talk about it, but it's true. Uh, I mean, I think if you look at the offensive efficiency numbers for the Pacers with and without Halley on the floor, um, it's pretty significant. So um, I'm with the Knicks here as well. Minus a three. I think, you know, Brunson has a good game as well as usual. But there are guys in this Knicks lineup that can contribute. Like you mentioned, Josh Hart had that triple-double. He's able to score points. Dante DiVincenzo had a great game as well. Um, so there's guys that can step up in the absence of, you know, obviously Julius Randle's their second uh, leading scorer on this team. So Knicks minus three for me as well. Total is sitting at 236 in this game here, Scott. Any thoughts on that? I'm trying to remember if it was, wasn't it like 240 last night? Has it been um, plummeting? Four. Let me see what the open. Let me see if I can find. I want to say this total was in the two forties last night. I think it could have been. Let me let me see if I can find an yeah, opening number. It, it was like two forty one last night. I, I thought it was. So yeah, massive movement towards the under. And the Knicks defense has been incredible, so I understand yeah. it. But it's Indiana we're talking about. So I think I just like the Knicks team total over. I, the okay. Knicks defense has been so good that I really don't want to bother trying to guess if Indiana is going to score or not, especially if a Halliburton is going to be on a minute restriction. So I'll link to the Knicks team total over, but I don't really have a strong opinion. It's really tough for me to chase an under after five points of steam. I'm, I'm not going to bother. So I'll link to the Knicks team total over instead. Yeah, this number opened up 241 over at DraftKings uh, last night and now has plummeted. Like you mentioned, Scott, down to 236, uh, pretty much consensus across the board right now as far as the total. But I agree with you. I think it's probably um, Knicks team total over and then Pacers team total under just because yeah, I was like we tell you how great this defense has been for the New York Knicks uh, since they made that trade for OG and Anobi. Uh, player props, what are you looking at? Uh, for me, I think I got to start off with Brunson. I don't know who on Indiana can guard him. Uh, Neesmith's a good defensive player, but he's more of a big body. I don't think he can actually stay in front of the shiftiness of Brunson. So you're probably looking at, what, like Nemhard trying to guard him? Like, good, yeah. good luck Where with that, I guess. Yeah. I, th I think Brunson's in line for a very good game. DiVincenzo was great last game. I think that the threes are worth consideration for DiVincenzo. The steals have actually been good. Uh, but the problem is Halliburton holds the ball for most of the time, so I don't know if there's going to be many steal chances for DiVincenzo in this game. But I'm trying to think of who else I'm tempted by, and maybe Obi Toppin returning to the Garden. If you want to make a case for him, maybe his points prop is appealing. But yeah. I think I'm mostly just going to end up sticking with the Brunson angle. As simple as that sounds, I don't think Indiana has a guy that can guard. So I'll dare Indiana to actually stop. Yeah, Hardenstein's rebounds are at nine and a half in this game. I think he's uh, had many crazy rebound games lately. He's been fine, but they kind of do a lot of solid team rebounding. Achua's played more minutes, so that also gives you a rebounder. I like Hardenstein rebounds of OG plays, but Hardenstein, yeah. looking at his actual numbers, he had recently, 12 last game. He had 12 against against uh, Utah. Uh, besides that, though, four and 16 minutes against Charlotte, yeah. uh, six and 16 minutes against Miami. So maybe the min restriction's over, and he's going to start playing a bunch of minutes again. Utah also has Kessler and Laurie, and I guess with Olenek, they want him to play more minutes. I am wondering how the Knicks are going to break it up, but Hardenstein should have a big game on the boards if he does end up playing in this game. 
or plays a lot of minutes in this game. Josh Hart seals and blocks combined one and a half is at plus one thirty on the over. I I, that, I love that. Do you like Hart? Do you like uh, Josh Hart RA? I might be tempted by that too because RA is yeah, solid I, for Hart. Yeah, I played that, and I'm kicking myself for not playing the triple double uh, in the last game. But I did play the RA. It was twelve and a half um, against the Jazz. That updated number right now is thirteen and a half. So they've adjusted it by by one. Uh, in this game, I don't hate it. I think we got to wait to see if OG does play in this game or not. And if he doesn't, I, I will be all over Josh Hart's rebounds and assists, and then that steals and blocks at plus one thirty. I mean, you, we talked about it, right? He's a hard nosed player. I know he had two games where he didn't get any steals or blocks against the Hornets and the Miami Heat, but in a game that we know the Pacers like playing at a fast pace, like there's more opportunities for turnovers in those games. And last block or last game against the Jazz, he had two steals, two blocks. Got, didn't get it against Charlotte and Miami, but against Denver, one steal, one block. Against the Nets, two steals, one block. So I think there's an opportunity there for him um, to you know rack up some defensive stats here as well. So uh, I'm really tempted by that in this game here. What else you got? Anything else? No, I think we kind of covered everything. All right. Let's start. Before we get over to the next games on the uh, schedule here, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is going to be Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes and a ton of fun social features that gives it a feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds. Create your own uh, bets as well. Cut even handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. They have great social features like group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan graphs, and much more. They also have a rewards program. You can get cash back on every single uh, every single time you make a bet against your friends or other users. Cut also allows you to list almost any kind of bet. It's perfect for those Super Bowl parties you guys are going to have in a couple weeks here. So you can get in on the action. You don't have to go up against the books. You can go up against your you know, your friends or your family there at those Super Bowl parties and have fun with it. Remember, Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to Cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. And use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. You can win bigger by betting smarter to NFL season and NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with a circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. Next game on the schedule, we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are in Memphis here tonight to take on the Grizzlies. Um, Grizzlies are, or sorry, the Cavs are laying eight points here on the road in Memphis here tonight with a total of 215 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, the Cavs did play yesterday against the Pistons at home. They do get that extra time to submit that injury report. For the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, okay, this is going to be fun. So I will list the guys that are out 
That will be, we already know, Stephen Adams, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Jake LaRivia, John Moran, and Marcus Smart and Zaire Williams are all out. Doubtful is Derek Rose and Luke Kennard, and John Conchar is questionable. So I'm going to try to find a website that tells me who the projected starters are for the Memphis Grizzlies. But nonetheless, here, Scott, let's start with the side. Minus eight in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers in Memphis. Well, to read off the projected lineup, you have Scottie Pippen Jr. as the projected starting point guard. You have Conchar, who's questionable. Vince Williams, Jaron Jackson, and Xavier Tillman. You mentioned all the injuries. Yeah. Somehow Memphis has actually been competitive in a decent amount of these games. And you have Cleveland on a back-to-back, but it seems like pretty much everybody's healthy for this Mm -hmm. game. So we'll see what happens. I know that the Cavs didn't cover against the Pistons yesterday, but nobody told me Killian Hayes wasn't going to play, which was a game changer. <laughs> um, Cleveland's been so good recently. They've been so good. Like I, yeah. I have a hard time fully backing Memphis, but then again, they found a way to hang in there against Sacramento, and then they ended up losing. So I do think you're looking at a spot where I think I have to lean to Cleveland. I don't feel great about it, but... With so many guys being injured for Memphis, I just don't think they have enough bodies. I just think that the Cavs, with Mitchell dropping 40-plus points yesterday, Mobley came back, Jared Allen's still been really good, Garland was pretty good as well last game. They just have too many weapons for me. I'm probably not going to bet this because it's a lot of points to be laying on the road with a team on a back-to-back, but I just don't think Memphis can score enough. As simple as that. I'm going to link to Cleveland. They've probably been the second or third hottest team in the league behind the Knicks and the Clippers over the last couple of weeks. But they've been really good. I'm going to lead to Cleveland. I think this is going to be a game where we see that 12:30 injury report come out for the teams that are on back-to-back, and you'll see Evan Mobley out, maybe Donovan Mitchell out, Darius Garland possibly out as well. But you mentioned it, right? The Cleveland, uh, sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies over the last three home games. They've covered all three games. They've actually won two, of the, uh, two out of those three games. I know, I think one of those games had, oh no, they, so they covered against the Warriors and they won the game. They beat the Magic uh, and obviously covered the game. They lost to the Kings um, as a nine point underdog um, and pushed on the spread, depending on what number you did get in that game. I'm sorry, that game was 11. Uh, they did cover the spread in that game. So three straight covers here. Um, they, like you mentioned, they, they find a way at home. So I think this might be like the, I don't know if it's called the contrarian player of the day, but I'll lean with the Grizzlies here. I, I feel like there we'll see some guys sitting here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just kind of want to peek and see what the Cavs um, schedule looks like. They have any look ahead spots here. So, and not, not really. They have the Spurs on Saturday on the road before they return back home on Monday to take on the Kings here. So I don't know. Maybe you see a couple guys sit here for the, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'll lean here with the Grizzlies. Not going to have my money on it, but uh, I do lean with the plus eight here. Um, total sitting at two fifteen and a half here, Scott. I'm leaning towards the under here. Uh, what do you, what say you? Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to lean under two because Memphis is such a slow paced team and they can't really score. Cleveland's also relatively slow pace as well, so I don't see much pace being involved. Fatigue might be an issue. Maybe Cleveland sits some guys, but the Grizzlies, we know, have to play slow. It's the only way they play. So I'm going to lean under as well, but I, I do you think the Grizzlies make 100? There's no guarantee they will, so I'm going to nope. lean to the under. Yeah. Um, 
What does it see? Let's see what they've done in their last couple games here. And those three covers. Uh, let's see. So they scored. Where'd it go? So 106 against the Magic. Sorry, 107 against the Magic. They scored. They scored 110 against the Pacers. And they scored only 94 uh, against the Kings. But for the last five home games have gone under the total here. Uh, and I think only, what, one game has gone over this number in their last five games uh, at home. So, yeah. And Cleveland has been one of the best defensive teams um, rating-wise uh, in the association this season. So, defense and came for them. back, which is going to help them with yeah. protection. So Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, under for me as well. Player props, anything you're looking at? I mean, I'm not going to go against Mitchell after he dropped 45 or 43, yeah. whatever he dropped yesterday. I can't really go against him. I don't think anybody on Memphis can guard him. I feel like there's going to be some value on Memphis props. I just can't figure out which ones to go with because Jackson is going to shoot a lot, but Mobley and Allen are very good defensively, so he might be put in a box tonight. Do yeah. I like Scottie Pippen? Oh, Am I tempted by Pippen Jr. in this game? I mean, he's played a lot of minutes recently. He's been fine. He had 12 points last game, played 32 minutes. He had three steals, one block. Maybe if you want to go for defensive props on Pippen, I don't mind it. Maybe points. He's at 12-plus points in two of the last three games. Somebody's going to have to score on this team, and yeah. Pippen might end up playing 30 minutes in this game. So I might lean to Pippen Jr. over in points. Who's going to guard him? Garland, maybe? Like, I don't know yeah, who's going to guard him. So yeah. I'll lean to Pippen Jr. I feel like, once again, there's value to be had with the Grizzlies players in this game. But you have to pick the right ones. I'll pick the guy that handles the ball most of the time. So give me Pippen Jr. over his points. Yeah, I was trying to see either going to be Santi Aldama for me or Vince Williams Jr. Trying to figure out out of those two guys, who would it be? Um, Aldama had 16 points in his last game against the uh, Kings. And then Vince Williams, I think, has been the more consistent guy, at least for this Memphis Grizzlies team um, last five games. He's averaging 17.6 points per game uh, right now. His numbers at 13 and a half, and he's gone over this number in four of the last five games. And because of all the injuries, right? Um, he's been able to get the shot volume. A lot of the shots are also coming from the three point line over 50% are coming from the three point line as well. So uh, Vince Williams jr. For me at 13 and a half. I do like that. Just let me peek at what his three point prop is here tonight because he's made at least two uh yeah the, i mean the market's caught up on that one and a half at minus 190 right now so but i'll take the points here over 13 and a half i have to Anything mention else rebounds as well uh just based on the fact that memphis can't really rebound the ball they're very undersized they give up what was it 26 rebounds as a bonus i think in yeah. the last game that they played so mm -hmm. Jared Allen double double streak should continue. I think he's in line for a big game. I don't know how many rebounds he's going to end up with because this might turn into a blowout. We'll see. But Allen, I think, can be in line for maybe a 13 plus rebound game. It wouldn't totally shock me. Maybe if you want to pivot and take Mobley rebounds, I think that's at six and a half. So I am going to go with a spot where Mobley, I think, can if he gets a decent amount of minutes. He probably should play this game as well because he has barely played for the last couple of months. So Mobley rebounds a decent pivot, in my opinion, if you want to go for a rebounding option that's not Jared Allen. But Memphis can't rebound the ball. So I think that's another area that Cleveland's going to dominate. All right. Um, let's get to the last game of the night here. Uh, we've got the Philadelphia 76ers. They are in Utah to take on the Jazz. Jazz are laying five points in this game with a total of 238. 
Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Sixers, Joel Embiid has been ruled out. Uh, De'Anthony Milton is out as well. Robert Covington is out as well. Questionable tags for Nicholas Batum and Tyrese Maxey and Marcus Morris Sr. is doubtful. For the Utah Jazz, pretty clean injury report. Everybody is a go in this game. Scott, let's start with a side here, minus five in favor of the Utah Jazz hosting the hobbled Philadelphia 76ers. From what you've seen from the last couple of games with the Sixers, with Maxi still being out and with Embiid still being out, do you want anything to do with the Sixers in this game? Because Utah, we've seen recently struggle, mostly on the road, because their East Coast trip was abysmal. They gave up 147 to the Nets, and they ended up getting killed by the Knicks. But at home, they're good. So I guess the question is, do you trust the Sixers to find a way to piece together anything offensively in this game? Or do you think that they're just going to run into a team that's more talented than them and they're going to lose? Uh, it's probably that the Jazz are really good at home uh, and they're a healthy squad. Um, and I don't trust the Sixers defensively because they just... Uh, uh, whatever the case has been, whether it's without Embiid having that rim protection or their guys that provide the defensive intensity, I guess, with Batum and um, you could throw Robert Covington's name in there as well. Uh, they, I mean, they've been giving up the points. So I would go with the Jazz here minus the five because, number one, they are the more healthy squad. There's no question. And they've been really good. Uh, at home at least and we've talked about it a lot right they're home and road split so at home this season jazz 15 and 6 straight up 16 and 5 against the spread 12 and 9 towards the over um as a home favorite they are also 7 and 0 and 6 and 1 against the spread i think i got a link to utah but it would not shock me if philly hung in there for a bit in this game they hung in there against Denver. They were competitive for part of it against the Warriors, and then Embiid got injured again. But the bench unit was fine in that game. This is not going to be easy. Like I, I, don't, I don't think Utah is going to bury this team by 30. I think that Utah defensively still has a lot of issues. But offensively, they just have too many weapons, in my opinion, for Philly to match. Whether it's Markinen, who's a matchup problem for this team, whether it's going to be potentially Sexton, who's been kind of struggling a bit recently the last couple games, but we know how talented he can be. Uh, Fontecchio has been good at shooting threes recently. Clarkson's been struggling, but we know he can heat up quickly. I guess I'm leaning Utah in this game, but I think I'm going to lean to the under if I had to pick any type of play here because I do think that Philly's defense is pretty solid in general. I just think Utah's going to show up at home. So I'm going to lean to the under in this game. 238 feels pretty high, in my opinion, but I guess I'm going to lean to Utah. Philly is in a really tough spot based on the injuries. Who's their main yeah. option? Tobias Harris? Yeah, it's either Tobias Harris, obviously, if uh, or if Maxi plays. Obviously, that's the top option there as well. But he's officially questionable in this game. But if um, Maxi plays, I'll link to Philly. But if not, I'm going to link to Utah. Yeah, I think my more favorite play in this game, probably getting the total here, is probably the Jazz team total over, man. I mean, they've just been really good at home scoring the basketball. Um, they've been pushing the pace as well. Defensively, like I mentioned, the Sixers, I don't trust. Um, but you just take a look uh, at home this season. The Jazz as a home favorite, they're averaging 132.7 points per game. 
And in those seven games, I'll quickly read this off. They've scored 133, 115, 118, 154, 145, 132, and 132. So, um, yeah, Jazz team total over for me. I'm trying to pull up that number right now. But what are your thoughts on this total here? Uh, I mean... I think I'm going to actually lean under. It's okay. not it's not really anything tangible that I can draw to. It's just the fact that Philly offensively lacks weapons and defensively, I still think they're a decent unit. Like I don't think they're a bad defensive team. And Utah got put in a box against the Knicks last time out. The Knicks have been a great defensive team. Yes, they're a lot better at home than on the road, which ties into the stats you mentioned. But mm-hmm. I have questions about Philly's offense. I do like their defense. It just feels a bit high to me. I'm I'm gonna lean under, but it's not a strong opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I feel like the numbers are just backing up what the Jazz are able to do at home. Um, but again, we'll see that if if Maxi plays in this game, I feel like they also will push the pace a little bit. Um, and we've seen that right without Joel Embiid on the floor. That I mean, you, I know you were tweeting it out as well that he could barely get up and down the floor in that last game where Joel Embiid. I thought it was I thought it was playing. malpractice that Nick Nurse brought him back in the game with eight minutes to go. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. have seen the floor at all. But yeah. Um do we talk about player props already? Uh, let's get into player props here. I was trying to find Beverly assists. I couldn't find it. They just didn't have it up, but I was tempted by Pat Bev assists because he's been really good at facilitating lately. So that's where I was starting. Utah is going to be interesting because I mean, I think I have to like Paul Reed in this game. He's been yeah. good without Embiid. Like, I mm-hmm. think Paul Reed's a good player. Maybe if you want to go for double-double, I don't mind that for him. But you're looking at who I think is going to start a point guard, probably Beverly, once again, assuming Maxie doesn't play. And he's been good, just simply yeah. put. He had a double-double against the Nuggets, which kind of came out of nowhere. But he had a pretty solid uh, showing last time out as well. I'm just quickly pulling up the stats there. Uh, he didn't really have many assists last game, but he did have 12 points against the Warriors. I had five assists in the game against the Trailblazers, but they only scored 104 points. I think that's the problem, is that I'm looking at their scores recently. Mm-hmm. 105 with Denver against Denver, 104 against Portland, 107 against Golden State. That's why I'm kind of scared off from an over, because this team has a hard time scoring. But Pat Bev points has actually been pretty good. He's at 12-plus points in three straight games. I'm assuming Bev's points are going to be set in single digits if Maxie's still going to be out. So I don't mind that angle. But I think mm-hmm. I mostly like Paul Reed... I don't mind Tobias Harris rebounds. He had double-digit yeah. rebounds last game. I think that somebody's going to have to step up with boards against this Utah team, especially with the amount of size Utah has, whether it's going to be with Kessler, whether it's going to be Olenek, whether it's going to be Collins. They're going to need to do whatever they can to rebound. So I think that Paul Reed and Tobias Harris are going to chip in. Harris's rebounds are at 6.5, which I don't mind the over on. But I do think looking at Utah, I think a lot of people are going to be taking Lori. I actually might not mind Sexton rebounds, and I think that's a two and a half. He's actually gone over that low number recently pretty frequently, uh, looking mm-hmm. at his numbers rebounding-wise. He's gone over two and a half in eight, and uh, sorry, four of the last five, seven of the last ten, and it's kind of a sneaky play because Sexton usually plays somewhere in the mid-20s for minutes, but two and a half rebounds, I think that's kind of a niche prop that has some value to it. He's gone over in five of the last six. So give me Sexton rebounds over two and a half and minus one nineteen. Yeah, Colin Sexton has been really good, man. I, this was a prop that I had been absolutely slamming over the past several weeks until the books finally adjusted to it because he was hovering around 
18 and a half, 19 and a half points and just consistently dropping, you know, 20 plus points. I know two of the last five games he has in where he had lackluster performances, where he only had six points and 11 points against the Wizards. But other than that, last game against the Knicks, he had 22, 24 against the Hornets, 22 against the Pelicans. Uh, even when we go even further than that, I mean, there was a stretch where he was just automatically getting double, uh, sorry, uh, 20 points uh, for the um for the utah uh, excuse me for the utah jazz um you mentioned the rebounding problem i, I was really yeah intrigued either it was going to be tobias harris or paul reed and i they only have tobias harris props out right now as far as um sixers players yeah um it's at that i can mention six and a half but other than that i think they're kind of just waiting for the tyrese maxi news before they drop more props so um, do agree about what you mentioned about the rebounds there. Anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. It's kind of a weird NBA card. So apologies if some stuff didn't seem fully convincing with our yeah. arguments on games, but it is pretty tricky. So many guys are injured that you have to kind of pick your spots, I guess. Yeah. Nick swinging for the fences. He's saying Pat Bev uh, triple double, man. Hey, uh, we saw Josh Hart get it done. Why can't Pat Bev get it done uh, in this game uh, against the Utah Jazz? Um, yeah, all right. So that's the last game of the Thursday card here, Scott. Let's get into our lock and dog for the schedule here for tonight. And then we'll uh, put together our underdog fantasy entry. Uh, you want to lead us off? Sure. Uh, so for the lock on the show, it might annoy some people, but I got to do it. Give me the Knicks. I'm just going to keep doing it. Until they don't cover, I'm going to keep backing them. And you could say the line looks trappy. Line's been trappy for the Knicks for the last week and a half. No, nobody cares. But the Heat had lost four or five straight. They were getting four and a half. They got killed. You're looking at Utah. That line dropped from four and a half to two and a half. How'd that go? The Knicks killed them. Like, it just feels like the odds makers keep waiting for the Knicks to fall back down to earth, and they keep not falling back down to earth. But if you're going to tell me that the Pacers have lost five of their last six road games, Halliburton's on a minute restriction, and the Knicks have been the hottest team in the league, and it's an MSG where they're 17 and five and the line's only three. Yeah, I'm going to take the three. I think that line's too low. It could backfire on me. Maybe so. But to be fair, the Knicks have made me so much money over the last couple of weeks that I can afford to be wrong once, but I'm going to keep backing it. So give me the Knicks minus three. I just think that this team is currently in great form. I know you could argue that the Randall injury might impact them offensively, so far, it really hasn't. You've had other guys step up that have played well in his absence. I think Hardenstein is going to dominate on the boards in this game. So there's a lot of reasons to like the Knicks in this game, and I do think that the Pacers supporting Cass is a little bit iffy in this spot. Yeah, Russell, long-term, long I do think the Knicks are overrated. I'm not saying the Knicks are going to win the NBA championship, but right now, they've been in great form, and I just think the yeah. makers are kind of underrating them over and over again and they could be overachieving metrics, whatever you want to call it. But they've been great, and that's good enough for me. So give me the Knicks to get the job done at minus three in this spot. For the dog, I have to come up with something because there wasn't many great options on the board. Uh, let me quickly just see if there's anything I'm even tempted by in this game. The Celtics I can't take is, I mean, that game's just a massive spread, so that's just not even an option. The Sixers are interesting if Maxi doesn't play, but I don't have any props up for half these guys, so I can't really yeah. do anything for them. And you said Paul Reed rebounds wasn't up, so I can't even make that argument. Um, yeah, not yet. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's a pretty once again it's a pretty ugly card if you wanted to go for any type of props here. Do I want to consider an alt line maybe on like Halliburton points under because he's on a mini restriction? Am I tempted by that? It's at 15 and a half, though. Like, I can't take that. It was at 20 and a half last game against the Celtics. Yeah. You might have to come back to me on this because for okay. the dog, there's four games and I think we all picked the favorite. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get creative. <laughs> so, give me a second. Uh, all right. So, let me go with the last game that I talked about here. Um, I'll go with the Jazz team total over 121 and a half in this game. Um, and simply put, right, we talked about the home and road splits for this Utah Jazz team, and they've just been an absolute wagon at home this season. Um, and especially in spots where they've been a home favorite, like I mentioned, seven and no straight up, six and one against the spread, five and two towards the over, where they're averaging 132.7 points per game. They've scored 121, oh, sorry, 122 or more points at home as a home favorite in four straight games and hasn't even been close. They've actually scored 130 plus points in those spots uh, as a home favorite. And just overall at, at, at the house in Utah, in Salt Lake City, they're averaging 124 points per game. So um, I think this one might be a sneaky game where we do see some pace, some the guys getting up and down the floor here, points being put up. Uh, I think this Utah Jazz team has been really efficient offensively, especially at home. So especially coming off a game against the Knicks where they only over score 130, 103 points and they come back home and put up a good offensive performance here. So I'll go with that. Uh, Utah Jazz team total over 121 and a half. For my dog, there's a couple of options that I wanted to consider here. Um, it was either a Vince Williams alt points um, if I want to take that up to over 15 and a half at plus 135, or it was Josh Hart's rebound, sorry, steals and blocks combined over one and a half at plus 130. Um, I will be playing the Josh Hart one over one and a half at plus 130 because I do see OG and an OB props listed. Now, if he does play or not, that obviously is going to take away the minutes from Josh Hart. So I'll go with Vince Williams on his points prop here for tonight. So I will take the over 15 and a half at plus 135. Um, if you want to go 18 plus at plus 210 and then 20 plus at plus 330, that's an option for you as well. A little ladder opportunity, but officially over 15 and a half right now on DraftKings on his out alt points for Vince Williams Jr. against the Cleveland Cavaliers plus 135 as my dog here, Scott. All right, so I found something. It's a very obscure player prop, but it did cash last game, so I am going to go with it. Coincidentally, it's in the same Pacers and Knicks game. Give me Dante DiVincenzo quintuple single, which in other words mean one point, one rebound, one assist, one block, and one steal. Got it last game, and he actually went overboard last game, uh, but he added a last game against Indiana as well. So I do like the fact that Dante's played a lot of minutes. If you do think this game's going to be close, then that means he's going to be playing a lot because... He played 33 minutes last game against the Jazz, but he had four steals last game and one block. He's had a block in each of the last two. Looking at the game against Indiana earlier this season, he did have four steals and one block, so maybe steals is actually worth a look for DiVincenzo, but I like the price. He's been very active defensively. He played 39 minutes against Utah, played 42 minutes against Charlotte. They won that game by 21, by the way. He played mm. 42 minutes. So Thibodeau doesn't believe in actually emptying out the bench. So DiVincenzo should end up playing a lot of minutes anyway. Give me Dante DiVincenzo quintuple single 
at plus 240. You mentioned before the pace should be crazy in this game because Indiana wants to run and that might result in more possessions, more turnovers, etc. But give me DiVincenzo quintuple single at plus 240. He's gotten up 33 point attempts in the last two games alone. And he's been shooting it well. I can't even criticize it. He's been, it's actually been going well. It's actually funny because I was watching the Knicks game against the Jazz and they had a trivia question involving his three point attempts. And the question was who's attempted the most three pointers in a single game in uh, Knicks history? You want to guess? Um, most three-point attempts in Knicks history. It's a somewhat obscure name, but the more that when I say it, it's going to sound obvious, but Scott Novak. Final answer. I like where your head's at, but no, it was J.R. Smith. Okay. Yeah, it sounds sense. like half obvious, but yeah, Smith attempted 22 three-pointers in a game one time. But I, I respect the Dante aggressiveness. But yeah, I'll go with an obscure <laughs> defensive prop there at plus 240. I was just making sure there was no uh, birthdays today here on February 1st, so nothing uh, for today. Maybe if we want to peek ahead to tomorrow, um, because it was, uh, I think, who mentioned in the chat that it was DiVincenzo's birthday uh, the other night where he went off, yeah. but... Um, that was yeah, nothing three. as long tonight. as he's there defensively. That's all I care about. He'll yeah. get the rebounds to get the assist. That's all I care about. Uh, all right, Scott, let's put together our underdog fancy entry here before we get out of here. Uh, again, go to uh, uh, underdogfancy.com. Make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN. You'll get a first deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, underdogfancy.com. Uh, for first deposit bonus using promo code NBA sgpn if you already have an account hey grab your significant others maybe your uh, son uh, or daughter if they are old enough co-worker get your co-workers on here as well make sure you use our promo code nba sgpn uh, and you'll get that first deposit bonus of up to 100 dollars. all right scott uh where do you want to start here i don't even do know what go, props are going to be listed so many guys are go Derek White? i have no idea who's going to be posted what do you think of Derek White? Posted between these teams, like I, I like Derek White threes, as you were in the middle of saying. But how many props are available? I'm just curious. Um, I mean, there's a good amount available. I think the only game that won't have it is probably the for the Sixers side. Uh, they only have <clears throat> Tobias Harris and Kelly Olynyk listed for. And but pretty much else they have everybody else. By the way, just to backtrack um, for a second, I found the Knicks yeah. at two and a half, so I'll take the two and a half instead of the three. Okay. Um. All right. So you want to do Derek White threes? Let me see if they have that listed. It's one and a half. Oh no, where's where to go? It's two and, one and a half. half I'm, so I'm easily taking that. Yeah, two and a half. I'll take anyway. He's been okay. really really good. All right. So we'll start with that. Derek White higher two and a half three pointers made. Um. What do you think of Halley first quarter points higher three and a half? I don't mind it. Uh, I'm trying to think if he's on a minute restriction, how are they going to break down the minutes? Is he going to play the entire first quarter? He usually plays a lot in the first quarter. I don't mind it. We know he's a pass first guy. Yeah. But do they have the first quarter assists up? I'm just curious what that line would be. For Halley, where'd he go? Um, first quarter assist, they do not. They only have his points okay. up. Yeah, they have 10 assists up for him. Um, Brunson, 32.5 points, 7.5 assists. Anything that tempted there? Any thoughts on Hardenstein rebounds? I did like the I did like the higher 9.5. Nine, yeah, okay. Sure, we can take that. I mean, yeah, the fact I that think- the minute restriction seems to be lifted means he's probably playing 30-plus minutes. 
in this game. Yeah. So I like the over on that or the higher. Sorry. Um, and then where else do we want to go? Um, what did you? Uh, you want to go with Tobias? You want to go Vince Williams? You want you, you want oh, to yeah, go Vince Williams, Williams points? Yeah, thirteen and a half. <clears throat> sure. All right, I'll take that. There we go. Hey. This is a lineup that's uh, looks like a winning lineup to me because we don't have any superstar players here on, the, or even star players, I guess we can even say. Uh, so we got Derek White, higher two and a half three pointers made. Isaiah Hartenstein, higher nine and a half rebounds. And then we got Vince Williams Jr., higher 13 and a half points. That $20 entry will get you a return of $120 over on underdogfantasy.com. Again, make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPAN, new account users. We'll get uh, that first deposit bonus of up to one hundred dollars. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, there's about four games on the card today, and you have injury questions in every game. So, welcome to the <laughs> NBA. Uh, let's make some money, or we'll try to at least. Apologies that the card wasn't great. That's not really our fault. But apologies. Yeah, unfortunately. Anyway. We're not the schedule makers uh, for the NBA, but we do what we can. So, again, make sure you guys uh, bet responsibly, especially on nights like this where there are injury concerns. Um, guys that are going to be in and out, maybe scale back a little bit. There's a huge slate of game on Friday, as there usually is. But, again, nonetheless, we did our best here to find those winners for you guys. Uh, but, again, like we mentioned, we'll be back tomorrow at the usual time um, for the Friday card with uh, Scott and uh, Terrell um tomorrow um make sure to follow scott on x that's at right show radio you can follow me there as well at sports nerd 824 more importantly hey we're about 50 some odd subscribers away from hitting 2000 on the nba gambling podcast youtube channel so if you haven't already subscribed to us on the youtube channel go ahead and do that we really want to get to 2000 sooner rather than later. And if you haven't already left us a rating and review, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple, um, you can also obviously get the audio version of the podcast, whether you're working out or whether you're in a meeting or at work acting like you're working, you know, turn on that podcast player with on Spotify, multitask, Apple. Multitask. Come on. Yeah, you got to multitask. Yeah, make sure you listen to all the podcast form as well. Uh, all right, like I mentioned, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.